Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Say When, a Kiki podcast. I'm Sally Mack and this is my co-host, Melly Mel. Melissa, what'd you like to talk about? Hi. Hey. Well, um, I guess we should probably let everyone know that we are Gen X babies. So you might hear some terminology that you're not familiar with if you're a millennial. <laughs> um and we're hopefully going to offer a different perspective coming from that generation. Um, we have been friends, you and I, for many um, moons, many, many moons. Let's many go with moons. that. Yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and and I think decades. it's important for our listeners to know that it is virtually impossible for us to insult one another. Um, yes, that's the kind of friendship we have, and that's how old it is. So it's sort of ventured into sibling territory almost. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, don't feel sorry for either of us if, if one of us has a snappy <laughs> comeback because it's just the way we communicate. I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. From it's important since for people middle to know. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. I go with that. Um, <laughs> so that's a little bit about us. Um, and we have both been kind of geeky. I'd say that I have kind of a random, um, nothing like super hardcore fandoms, but I just am all over the place with the things I enjoy. I grew up watching things like V and He-Man and She-Ra and Battlestar Galactica. Star Wars was actually one of the first movies I actually saw on the big screen, um, playing with G.I. Joe, watching the cartoon. Um, I had a Nintendo, which I spent many, many hours um, into the wee hours of the night playing Zelda and Castlevania. Um, so that's just a little bit about the things that have kind of shaped my my geekiness, I guess. <laughs> See, my video game experience as a, as a kid was the arcade with pac-man and ms pac-man oh yeah totally. and and um there was also atari where i played the was it oh, oh, dating us now yeah. <laughs> yeah i played with the atari um and sadly enough when i was it's not really sad i loved the x-man cartoons when i was in college and nobody do that math but um i also remember watching 90210 religiously um somehow i thought my life related to theirs only maybe not but anyway <laughs> um my fandoms my very first fandom is star wars um i don't remember seeing it on the big screen i remember it i think i might have seen it but i i know that i saw it like I really absorbed it watching it on VHS, right? Putting it in the VCR and watching it. And that's where I really oh, absorbed VHS. it. VHS. Yes. yes. <laughs> Does anyone still have those aside from, you know, high schools? Mm. Um, and then um, some of my other fandoms include the X-Files, like the mighty X-Files. Uh, I, I have friends that like, I would go, we would get together and we would watch the X-Files every Sunday night at nine o'clock and, and, um, turn the lights off and watch the spooky X-Files and it was so much fun. And then Harry Potter. 
um, which probably sounds a little strange coming after Star Wars and the X-Files, but Harry Potter, I related to this hero and this, this journey and I, I adore it. I adore it. And, and I've kind of pushed that love for Star Wars and for Harry Potter onto my kids. Um, Cause you're a great mom like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. And, um, they're going to turn out great. Yeah, they're going to turn out something. Um, <laughs> and so on a scarier note, I really like Supernatural. And um, to a lesser degree, I think my Phantoms would include Marvel and DC, particularly Wonder Woman. But I think it'd be easier to consider me a member of the general audience um, for Wonder Woman. And then, of course, I've got some guilty pleasures, uh, TV guilty pleasures mostly. Um, the Vampire Diaries, the originals, Winona Earp, and Riverdale. Definite guilty pleasures. What about you? See, these are some areas that we kind of diverge. I have not watched any of those shows. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a Stranger Things. Um, it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one that we're going to have to have a podcast about in the near future. Um, I like the new Battlestar Galactica. I spent a lot of time watching that. Um, current things. Probably not so much things that we would talk about, but I like the darker things like Hannibal, mm -hmm. Dexter. Um, those are the shows I tend to binge watch. But of course, Game of Thrones as well. Um, huge. I think I'm Game one of, of like three people on the planet who've never seen Game of Thrones. This makes me sad. <laughs> this makes me so sad. <laughs> But, but it's point, okay. it like this massive thing. Like, how do I, how do I jump into Game of Thrones? How many seasons in? Well, you know, you just take a week off and <laughs> that old job thing, and get some popcorn, a glass of wine, and, and, and dive comfortable into... pajamas, and dive into Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. okay, I'll get on that. You, you won't regret it. You'll be happy that you did. Some of those storylines sound kind of um, disturbing. That I've heard. Oh, yeah. There are definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you since you haven't seen it, but <laughs> you, you need to see it. It's uh, it's definitely a very well done. So go watch it so we can talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Do we want to move on to our uh, news, the things that we noticed that are coming up? Oh, yeah. Our notable news events. Yes. Um, so I know what you want to talk about yes so i know we much. are definitely going to have an entire podcast surrounding maybe the last jedi okay <laughs> absolutely the last jedi <laughs> the next star wars um, episode 8 does come out on december 15th if you're uh, lucky maybe you get tickets for thursday night um i am going on Friday at 12.30, nobody spoil it for me, and, um, well, 12.30 in the afternoon, and so I'm super excited, um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ryan Johnson does with this, with this, uh, movie, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure exactly what way it's gonna go, but I feel like the signs are are pointing towards a favorable outcome from my perspective. Um, also coming up in the Star Wars universe, um, we've got the next Star Wars story, and that's going to be released in May. 
it is Solo, a Star Wars story, and it's basically the origin story of Han Solo. Um, I, this was a curious choice to me, but um, I'm sure Ron Howard did a great job with it, and um, or at least I'm hopeful that he did a great job with it. And in some ways, I'm really glad they picked Solo because, you know, we just had to watch Han Solo die. And if you didn't know that Han Solo died in The Force Awakens, I don't know how you're actually alive. Um, <laughs> but so maybe I should have said spoiler warning for The Force Awakens, but um, I think that's expired. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. looking forward to to seeing so his origin story, like who he was before he met Princess Leia. And I hope I like him. What about you? What What do you have coming up in the next while? Well, of course, we have my favorite. Um, I guess I forgot to mention that I, you know, grew up reading Wonder Woman comics and mm. watching the television sure. series. Mm. Yeah, with I, Linda I Carter. Did, yes, with Linda Carter. Who's did you amazing. have Wonder Woman underoos? I did have I did Wonder too. Woman underoos. I did too. <laughs> I loved them. And Wonder I Woman them. like Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and anything Wonder Woman I could get my hands on. Um, I definitely was a fan. Um, I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled with um, the recent release. Her movie turned out amazing. Um, you know, as you and I saw it together and we spoke about it afterwards there were a few changes mm-hmm. from um established the lore. canon yeah so i i was a little bit because i'm a i'm a slight purist mm-hmm. but um I think they really did her justice and the movie was just absolutely amazing. And if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely go out and see it. Um, so of course I'm excited about wonder woman two, mm-hmm. which don't have an exact release date yet, but it's supposed to come out, uh, December, 2019 ish. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and, the thing is, Star Wars Episode Nine was supposed to come out in May in 2019, but Star Wars, interestingly enough, uh, changed directors. Uh, they let Colin Trevorrow go do something else, and J.J. Abrams took over for Episode Nine, and uh, so they had to push back the uh, release date for it. So they're pushing it back a full six months from May. I think I think Star Wars wanted to go back to the summer blockbuster, and instead, they I think they're Christmas. <laughs> now i think they're firmly ensconced at christmas time and um except of course the solo movie and um yeah i have a sneaking suspicion that wonder woman 2 might move i don't know where it'll go maybe they'll move it up a little bit to to maybe thanksgiving um or maybe they'll push it back i don't know um it'll well, be hopefully they won't push it back no but- and, and i wouldn't think that they would push it back far um, but there's some political things going on, um, like with Gal Gadot, but we can get into that in another podcast, but, um, and sort of what, yeah. what she thinks of, about some of the things that are happening in Hollywood. So, um, yeah, I would say December 2019, I think is the current scheduled release date for Wonder Woman 2 and I will be there. Take my money. Um, yeah, I really, same here. I want to see, I want to see it. So. <laughs> Um, so that's on the docket. And then of course, Aquaman, which, you know, I'm super excited about. I, I really didn't know a lot about Aquaman. Um, but 
I think they've done a really good job of evolving his character and mm-hmm. um, making him look more. Maybe a hero for a modern age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that comes out December 21st, 2018. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. And then um, you had something that was coming out. Logan Lucky. Oh, it's coming out out on on DVD. DVD. Yes, it's out on DVD now. So I'm excited because, um, first of all, I really enjoyed the Oceans films, particularly Oceans 11. Right. I don't, did you see those, Melissa? I did. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Oceans 11. That was easily my favorite one. And so Logan Lucky is kind of like the redneck version of Lo- uh, of Ocean's Eleven. And I think Adam Driver is a very talented actor and uh, Channing Tatum was a lot of fun to watch too. So I'm excited that that DVD is out and I'm going to have to head to Target and pick that up. That'll soon. be in your collection. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind on that. I think it was a decent film. Yeah. So, yeah. It was kind of a fun uh, romp. Like, how do you steal millions? This one you wouldn't mind watching again. Maybe five times or so. It'd be fun. <laughs> Especially if you're a fan of Adams, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are we ready to move on to the meat and potatoes of this here podcast? The meat and potatoes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're here to talk about Justice League. And I guess we should, um, before we go into spoilers, for any of you that are... Spoilers. Haven't yet seen the movie. Yeah. Um, maybe non-spoilers opinions. Mm-hmm. So I think that Justice League was very watchable, very entertaining. Um, was it the most amazing movie I've ever seen? Probably not. <laughs> um, uh, I'm on the fence about the time frame the two hours i think maybe we didn't really get a lot of development from the characters in that amount of time but um at the same time it left me kind of wanting to know more like now i'm really looking forward to aquaman um where maybe i wouldn't have been if i'd you know more information in the movie i don't know so that's kind of my non-spoiler opinion it's it's definitely worth seeing um, I would recommend it. Um, and I'd probably watch it again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I think I'm a little, little less on the fence. I really, okay. How do I want to put this? I went into this movie with very low expectations Mm-hmm. And and I, I think it's important to understand that I went in strictly as sort of a general audience member. I didn't read, I didn't see all the spoilers, or I, I didn't read all the spoilers. I didn't see all the trailers. Um, I didn't keep up with reshoots or anything like that. I mean, and uh, full disclosure, I I do that for the Last Jedi, right? But right. <laughs> but, but for for Justice League, I went in just pretty clean i'd seen a couple of trailers and so i knew that wonder woman had and again this is a non-spoiler review i knew that she had you know kind of a kick butt scene at the um i thought maybe in the beginning but i didn't know and so 
I went in excited to see Wonder Woman again because I really enjoyed Wonder Woman the movie and I was sort of interested to see where they took it and I was hopeful and so I have to say at the end of it I think the movie delivered in a way that say Batman versus Superman did not deliver and I think oh absolutely I think some of the I agree with that yeah I think some of the criticism is a little harsh but you know is it the best movie ever no but I liked it better than a couple of the Marvel movies and that's saying a lot because I enjoy the Marvel movies so that's my non-spoiler review of Justice League I liked it I think you should go see it um preferably in the theaters honestly um I think it's probably better in the theaters and um and I, I think if you are a comic book person, you might enjoy it. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I need to give spoilers if I'm going to talk more. So, yeah. If you don't like spoilers, thanks for tuning in. Maybe maybe check us out on our next podcast, which um, we should hopefully die. be up before terribly long. <laughs> so, yeah. Spoiler review. Are you ready to take it away, Melissa? All right. Yeah, let's do this. So I guess, first of all, let's talk about um, the two directors, which I think made a huge impact on the beginning of the film and the end of the film. We know that Zack Snyder started us off. He had to step down due to the death of his daughter. Um, Zack is known for films like... Batman versus Superman, <laughs> which, you know, how we feel about that one. Um, yeah, it was painful. But he's also known for The Watchmen and 300 and The Man of Steel, which are all really great films. Um, maybe a little bit more serious, more dark. Um, and then Josh Whedon steps in and he's known for movies like the Avengers and Buffy the vampire slayer. So he brings a little bit of levity to the screen. Um, I think we see that a lot. And I'm trying to remember, like, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of gratuitous butt shots in the beginning of the film, but towards the end, we see a little bit more of that, which I think is more Josh Whedon style. Then Zack Snyder's, I don't know. But that leads me into um, the cast. So Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, I don't know. Some people say Gal Gadot. I really don't know how she pronounces her name, to be honest. But um, she, in my opinion, just held this movie down. Um, another great performance. Um, she got a lot of screen time in the movie, which for the Wonder Woman fans out there, you'll really appreciate that. Um, I totally did. But Ben Affleck as the Batman. I just don't know how I feel about him. What do you think? I feel like he's maybe in one part of the film 
who was it that said, you're getting too old for this, or I don't know how much longer you can do this. <laughs> they didn't say you're getting too old for this. Maybe that's just me in my head. He's getting too old for this. I think um, it's time for a new Batman. What do you think? Um, I've well, never been a huge Ben Affleck fan as Batman in the first place. So what are your thoughts? I'm not particularly invested in Batman period um beyond just the always be yourself unless you're gonna be batman then be batman but um (laughs) but uh, i don't mind ben affleck as batman i mean i think he delivers some of that um dry monotone that i'm i sort of expect from batman i think he delivers that fairly well now i'm not I'm okay with him. You know, I'm not like over the moon with him as Batman, but at the same time, I don't look at him and go, Oh my God, go away. You know, I just don't have that knee jerk reaction to him. And I think, I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most was when uh, the flash says to him, so what are your superpowers? And he responds with, I'm rich. That to me was legitimately funny. And it to me seems fairly true to what I understand to be true of Batman. And so I think he plays that wealthy privileged kind of character fairly well. Um, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm okay with it because, you know, the post credit or the credit scene in suicide squad where he's like, shut it down or my friends and I'll do it for you. You know, that kind of thing. But I don't have, I don't have a lot of negative feelings about that at all. Um, but at the same time, I'm not particularly married to him as Batman either. So if they came out and announced tomorrow that some other actor was going to be Batman going forward, it wouldn't break my heart. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. He just, he doesn't have that sophisticated air about him. See, I think he can pull that off, but that's interesting. I, yeah, I just keep seeing that Boston kid <laughs> i just can't get past that and he, I, oh, and he really? seems so arrogant in person and it just i don't know i'm i'm not a huge fan well, of him he's not exactly known for his humble nature is he no i guess you have a point there but um yeah. I mean, yeah i mean he's got these definite sort of south boston roots or at least he appears to right i, I don't know what his actual home background is I, I think he's from Boston but um yeah I don't I, and I think too I really admired his work in Argo both directing it and acting in Argo I don't know if you saw that movie it was about the Iranian hostage crisis and the rescue mission for several Americans who avoided being taken hostage at the U.S. Embassy and hid out with the Canadians and it was them getting them out of, of Iran and I really admired his work in that movie, mostly probably because that topic is fairly near and dear to my heart. Because, as you know, but our listeners may not know, I'm very much into history. And so I really appreciated that work. And maybe that goodwill is kind of carried over to Batman for me. I did not. Um, my dislike for Batman versus Superman had nothing to do with Ben Affleck. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm... I, I had problems with so much about Bam Bam versus Superman, but Ben Affleck was not the problem, nor was Henry Cavill. So, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with him as Batman, but it's not a hill I'm going to die on. All right. Well, I love Batman. Um, he's one of those superheroes that's kind of the average man's superhero. Well, maybe not average because not everybody has the kind of money that he Bruce Wayne has laying around, but just about any man who does have that kind of money could be a superhero. So it makes him more attainable. And I like that about Batman, but to me, it was just Ben Affleck just didn't do it for me. I just keep seeing, what was it? Geely? Ge- I don't remember the name of that movie. Him I didn't and, see uh, that movie. That was probably a good oh, thing in retrospect. Oh. But yeah, I've seen him in such good movies. Like, I saw him in a movie where he played a hitman. He was autistic. Oh, I forget the name of the movie, but it was this, the, accountant. the Accountant. The Accountant. Yeah, yeah, that, he did a decent job He was job really good in that. And then he was, he, he got onto my radar with Goodwill Hunting. And Goodwill Hunting was an amazing film. It was more Matt Damon's film in terms of Matt Damon was the star. But Ben Affleck was sort of the lovable um, South Boston buddy who's like, I will kill you myself if you do not get out of this crap old town kind of thing. And that movie, I'm not even going to tell you the date on it because it will date us so much. But um, I really, really enjoyed that film. And so, yeah, he's got some built-up goodwill for me that, that maybe he doesn't have for you because you saw some of the really terrible films. But, yeah, I've, I've heard really bad things about Geely. Geely? Is that the name? Geely. I think it's Geely, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, the film which should not be named, maybe. I don't know what yeah. you call it. All right. Uh, yeah, so he just doesn't have that... quality to me that I look for in Batman. Christian Bale, I think, was my favorite Batman. Hmm. I Um, remember seeing when they sort of rebooted, like, the original reboot of Batman, like the big screen version of Batman with Michael Keaton and, um, what's her name? Kim Basinger was in it. And then they had another man as Batman. They had George Clooney as Batman, and I didn't mind George Clooney as Batman. And then they had um, Val Kilmer, and they actually had Robin in that movie too. So, and Chris O'Donnell, who I love, yeah, was Robin in that movie. So, but I never saw any of the Christian Bale Batman films. I just I started watching the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker. And frankly, it was too dark. I was like, I'm done here. Maybe 15 minutes in. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed now because I don't want to watch this. So I can um, appreciate the darker versions. I mean, I like them both, obviously. Mm -hmm. I liked, you know, the more comic book style Mm -hmm. versions Um, and the darker ones. I have an appreciation for both. I guess I put a lot of weight on the actors, um, the casting and... Mm -hmm. That can make or break a movie for me. Sure. Well, one of the things that people called a distraction in this movie was the Amazon's costumes. Um, Oh, yeah. And you, you mean, there's a lot of controversy about that. Yeah. You mentioned the gratuitous butt shots, but um, I was really irritated by that because it just, okay, first of all, I'm into it with 
like Wonder Woman's origin story, right? You have right. you have this great origin story. You've got the Amazons. You've established them. You've established what they wear and all that stuff. And for this movie, when you change directors, suddenly you decide that a quarter or a third of them should be dressed in bikinis. <laughs> and they're not, they're not, they're going to protect the naughty bits, but they're not going to protect their, protect their guts and their heart. And you know, what? That doesn't well, even you know, make sense. What's weird is it, the ones that were guarding the, um, the, the gate, I guess. The, yeah. I don't know what the cube, the cave. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were the ones that were in the bikini costumes. Um, but everyone inside, they were wearing legit armor. So it the wasn't Wonder as bad Wonder as... World, right? Legit armor in the Wonder Woman world. Right, right. In any world, like, legit armor. <laughs> you don't want to go into battle with a lot of skin showing. That's just not smart. So, um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But there still were definitely... I think they were probably trying to appeal to the larger audience. Oh, come on. Like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me. Okay. Oh, come on. Okay. No one walked out of Wonder Woman saying, wow, those Amazons just had on too many clothes. No. Okay. Nobody walked out saying that. And to change their costumes to include less clothing for women who are guarding the most precious thing they have. After all, Diana's gone, right? So they're guarding the most precious thing that they have, um, the most dangerous thing that they have. You're going to have those women dressed in the least amount of clothes? Really? Really? <laughs> well, when I say larger audience, I'm talking about the men. Again, I don't The visual don't know. creatures that roam this earth. And that's fine, but I still don't know that men walked out of Wonder Woman thinking, gosh, the Amazons had too many clothes on. Because they were covering up less than most prom dresses today. Like, I promise. And I've been to proms relatively recently because, you know, I just have. They were covering up less than most prom dresses. And so, you know, there's no armor on their shoulders or or their necks or their chest. I mean, it just goes up above their breastbone or and i'm just like come on well i mean you have a point look at the poster look at the poster look at the men look at wonder woman like you don't see well well with the exception of aquaman which i appreciated that (laughs) i'm a pretty visual visually stimulated creature myself so you know i could appreciate jason momoa his mm-hmm. muscles and uh, yes please mm-hmm. um i found that an interesting yeah. i found that an interesting update actually because you you posted on our facebook page the sort of the evolution of aquaman and i found that yeah. like they really seem to borrow from that more recent incarnation of him and when i first heard aquaman my initial thought was oh great a spongebob character that seems like a great idea <laughs> and to be fair, my, my my son actually mentioned, oh, it's SpongeBob or whatever, and and, and it stuck with me. And then I see the guy who's playing. I was like, he doesn't seem like SpongeBob to me, but <laughs> but they really did seem to be borrowing from that that second incarnation, like the more recent incarnation of Aquaman, I guess, from the comics. 
And there were a couple things that kind of left me curious and kind of wanting to know more because, you know, the part where he asked for the favor and uh, you said, you have to do something for me. We never find out what that is, you know. So to me, that's like a mystery that I really want solved. And that alone would probably be enough to get me in the in the theaters in December of 2018 to check that out. But, um, yeah, it was, it, he was, he, he made a good Aquaman. Like, he had that real rough and... Yeah, there's this bravado that he had that I think really speaks to me a lot more than the Aquaman that shows up on Teen Titans Go um, that I'm subjected to daily by my children. Um, So Teen Titans Go, you've got Aquaman who's this fishy kind of guy and um, just not... (laughs) Nobody that I know in my circle, which are all pretty you know adults nerdy was i you know they're into things like the dc and marvel comics and none of them are huge aquaman fans because you know his character is just not very rock and roll <laughs> so but i think I he think, is um, now i think they, they he is him. now definitely they yeah. did an amazing job with the casting of jason momoa and um he's a little bit different um, like blonde hair, you were talking about some things that bothered you about Harry Potter. Um, Aquaman is supposed to have blonde hair and his, that's the thing, but they gave him highlights. So he's out in the sun, he's got salt water and it bleaches his hair. Okay. Okay. Bleaches got the it. tips, you know, yeah. uh, Jason Momoa. It's we'll, all right. We'll work with it. <laughs> yeah. We'll work with that. So, you know, but I think they did a really good job of staying true to, you know, his not really feeling comfortable at land and sea. And I don't know, they, I'm really looking forward to them, to his movie and Mm -hmm. to see what they do, develop that character even more. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Ezra Miller, I liked him as The Flash. I think he was really funny. I, I know some people were kind of not happy about that, but um, wait, why weren't they happy? Um, just made him seem. I don't know that his character is always like that. He seemed more intellectual, I think, in the TV series. So, yeah, no, okay. Let me let, let me rant for just a second here. Sure, maybe he's more intellectual in the television series, but I'm not a huge fan of the television series. Like, I've seen two of them, maybe. I do like Arrow, though, but I haven't seen this season. That movie needed the levity of The Flash. Yeah, I agree. He is the comic relief of that film. I mean, there are a few one-liners from Batman, a few one-liners here and there, right. But they needed the levity that, that he provided as The Flash. Beyond that... I think one of the most emotional moments in that film came from the flash when he says, I haven't done this. Mostly I just shove people and run away. And Batman has that chance to be the mentor. I think that he needs to be right. Just save one, go in, save one and you'll get it. 
right? And then the flash goes in and he does these things. And I think that that's a very powerful, uh, powerful point in that movie. And I, I like that a lot. So I really, I, well, I that this same... is just the first time that, you know, there's a lot of flash fans out there. He's got a huge fan base and this is the first time they saw him on the big screen. So, you know, there was so a lot not... of expectation mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. his character. Mm-hmm. And so the ones who were expecting more of a lead, I guess, um, I, I can understand why there was a little disappointment there, but I enjoyed his character. Um, but again, I'm not a huge Flash fan. I like him, but I haven't been following him for a long time. You know, I don't have a lot invested in him. Like I'm sure a lot of people out there did and who was really excited to see him on the big screen for the first time. So I think that's kind of why there was some disappointment. I really, I, 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 I can empathize with that. I mean, I would probably have some issues. It's like if you and I saw Wonder Woman on the screen, on the big screen for the first time and she was the comedian. You know, and she wasn't, I I don't know. Well, I think in some ways, too, this is supposed to function as his origin story, right? Because he is, he doesn't even have his job yet. He's, he doesn't get his job till the end of the film because he gets a recommendation from, you know, Bruce Wayne and and or Superman. And, um, you know, he, this is him as a troubled teen. And so that bravado... I think is indicative of, of, well, I know it's indicative of teen boys, that bravado that you see and that need to crack a joke and make people laugh and, and to, it's indicative of a lot of teen boys. It's not fair to paint the whole, whole gender with a brush, but it's indicative of a lot of teen boys that they, they hide their insecurities behind masks and, that mask often projects, uh, if I make people laugh, then, then I'm off the hook. Right. And so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but for me as a general audience member, I was okay with the flash as it was. If you are a flash devotee and that offends you, I apologize. Um, (laughs) I mean, I know it's, I know it doesn't offend you, Melissa, but I'm just saying if, if anyone, and anyone who happens to be listening is a flash devotee and, and is offended by that. I apologize. But just as a general audience member, I really appreciated the, the, the humor he brought to the role and the humanity he brought to the role. Yeah. That I think totally. that, that movie needed because Aquaman is not human. Wonder Woman is not human. Batman, not really. I mean, he, he is human, right? And his superpower is being rich. But he is so emotionally stunted, you don't see, you don't really see his humanity all that much, right? You see his humanity when, wasn't it Wonder Woman that was popping his shoulder back into place? Mm -hmm. And so that's when you see his humanity, but it's buried under all of that mask and all that stuff. I mean, he's, he's a grown man covering up everything. And then, um... And then, of course, Superman is is definitively not human. So, I, 
I really appreciated the humanity and the and the humor he brought to the role. So that's just me. I agree. I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, I can also just relate to, you know, some of the disappointment some of the fans felt. Yeah. I mean, I know you weren't completely in love with the Wonder Woman movie because I think some of the some of the things that they brought to the table, you were like, eh, it's not what I wanted. So, right. Yeah. You, Cause you're very yeah. attached to some things. So I understand. Right. Yeah. But you brought up Superman and we, that's something we should talk about. The, uh, CGI mustache removal. Okay. <laughs> Serious. I didn't notice. I know. I didn't either. And I, Again, maybe it's because I'm not, you know, in love with Henry Cavill. I mean, he's a handsome, attractive guy, but I wasn't fixated on his face. Yeah, he makes a good Superman. Yeah, he makes an amazing Superman. Um, I loved him cast in that role, Mm -hmm. but um, I just, you know, I wasn't studying every inch of his face. And maybe it's because when I went in to see the movie, I didn't know that his he had a mustache that had been removed. Well, exactly. Like, I'm not <laughs> looking for it. Right. Um, yeah. And that didn't bother me in the slightest. That, that didn't even cross my radar. And I think I had actually seen something. Maybe I had seen something about that, but I kind of blew it off. Like I didn't worry much about it because I was going to go see the movie. I just wasn't worried about it. And um, the way they brought him back, um, the way they brought him back, okay, sure, I'll buy it. I, I, I can suspend disbelief. Um, but, but, <laughs> I guess you kind of have to have something a little crazy yeah. to bring Superman back to life, right? Right, right. But I don't think, like, at the end of Batman versus Superman, do you remember at the very end where they show his coffin and the, the, um, the dirt is, like, rising up on his coffin? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that vaguely? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I never thought he was dead in the first place. So it's like really dead. You know, He was just hibernating. He was hibernating or something. I figured <laughs> he'd wake up at some point. So I, and, and then him, his reaction to Batman was probably exactly what his reaction to Batman should have been. Um, and, and I was glad that I was glad they brought in Lois Lane. Um, I was glad they brought in that love interest because that really did help to, again, sort of ground him and make him a little bit more relatable, right? I mean, he's confused, which is relatable, but he deeply loves this woman. So, anyway. And she deeply loved him. My my heart went out to her when she was saying, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't strong. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to be the dedicated Lois Lane and she was, oh, my heart just went out to her. <laughs> yeah. But that's really relatable. Um, and, and that doesn't make her, but that doesn't make her not a strong woman either. And I think people need to understand that, that love does not make you weak necessarily. I think love is something that can make you very, very strong, whether it's love for your spouse or your kids or your job even, you know, I think absolutely it can, it can strengthen you. And so I get really frustrated with this notion somehow that strong female leads have to not have love and attachment interests. Like that's ridiculous to me. Like I find that absolutely bizarre. So yeah, 
that's just my little rant on that. Sorry. Has nothing to do with my Star Wars. Nothing to do with Star Wars obsession. Nothing. Moving along. Apparently there was a cutscene um, asking about a ring. I think maybe it was in the... Was it in the trailer? It seems like I heard something about that. Where Superman was asking her about... So is that a yes? Mm-hmm. Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I saw that scene. Okay. Was that in the movie? Did I, or was I that in the trailer? The or Okay. I remember right. it. And so I want to say that that was in the movie. Like they were standing in the cornfield. And mm-hmm. he sees the ring on her finger and goes, so I take that as a yes or something. I think. Now, I, I'm not going to bet a paycheck on it. But that sounds really funny. Yeah, I don't know where I saw that. But that's interesting. Let's see where that goes. We but yeah, I like cyborg too. Yeah, poor I like, cyborg. I like cyborg. I, you know, I don't know a lot about him, but I feel really bad that he basically had a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie. It felt like he really just didn't get a lot of time, a lot of screen time, and he, really? he was pretty. He was pretty integral um, to bringing Superman back. But it was kind of like, oh, this is cyborg. Um, you don't see a lot of him. And then at the end, he basically saves the day. But yeah, I don't think we see a lot of Cyborg. He gets like 10 minutes seriously in the whole movie. See, I felt like I felt like there was a fairly good amount of Cyborg. Because you have the bit um, at the beginning where he's talking to his dad. And he's obviously not happy with what has happened to him. And he's very confused. And he's trying to figure out his powers, right? And then you have the bit where he actually meets with Wonder Woman. Right? For a second. And, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I felt like, well, I think that too is the danger of an ensemble cast, right? You're, how do you make certain that everyone has enough screen time so that your audience connects to them? I think that's the danger with the ensemble cast. So, yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, we got like Batman versus Superman. that's two and a half hours long for two cool. people. And then that was painful. And then, you know, we've got, a two hour movie and I feel like a lot of the characters just got cut short and cyborg to me was one of them that I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of. And I just don't feel like they went into as much depth with him as they could have. But I was, I didn't sure they could have gone into more depth, but I didn't feel like his character was underdeveloped to me. And maybe that's partly a function of Teen Titans Go and seeing Cyborg. But the nice thing about this movie is Cyborg, like you you start to understand the struggle that he has with becoming a cyborg. Right? You start to understand um, how tortured he is by this whole thing. And, and I think that that's important and interesting. So I I really enjoyed that. Do you remember who portrayed him? You Ray were, Fisher. Ray Fisher. I I really appreciated his his uh, portrayal of Cyborg. And at this point, I can't like I, I let's just keep him right. Let's yeah, keep yeah. Him. I, I I think for him, he will always be Cyborg to me. Um. So I I think he the I think costume. he did a really good job evolved a little at the end too that was a little bit closer to 
the finished product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. True. Um, yeah. I'd like to see more of him in the future. Um, the CGI overall between like the mustache removal, I, I didn't have a problem with um, Cyborg and Steppenwolf. Um, the, the main villain, the only villain actually, mm-hmm. other than his minions in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, ah, I had a hard time with the CGI with Steppenwolf. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it meshed very well. Hmm. Well, I certainly didn't feel like we were stepping back in time with it. Um, I get, you know what? Let me, let me say this. Um, I think the reason it didn't bother me was because the character itself or himself, he was an alien. And so mm-hmm. it didn't really bother me that, that he was CGI. Like I didn't really even notice it all that much because he was alien where CGI bothers me is when you have extended scenes of people that I know are dead. <laughs> right. So right. Rogue One with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was uh, Peter Cushing. That I found that so creepy because I knew Peter Cushing was dead. Right. And it, and I just, and it's something about the mouth and the way he spoke, the mouth was a little too fluid. And I just, I, I, it was a great job of CGI, but it really bugged me. Because I knew this guy was dead, right? Steppenwolf, to me, is this fictional character that's this non-human, and so it didn't really set off alarm bells. It didn't take me out of the film. Um, it didn't take me out of the film. So, obviously, it took you a little bit out of the film, but it didn't take me out of the film. And and maybe I just don't have quite the eye for CGI that you do. That's entirely possible. Um but again, you know, you and I watched the exact same movie and came away with different opinions on several things. Yeah, so. Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I just I, I had no idea that there were um, there was a love connection <laughs> at any point between the two. Well, I don't think you have um, to. see I completely it missed movie. that. I don't think you have to see it. Like to me, there's there's a hint of it. Um, and a lot of it tends to me to come across as being not exactly subtext, but I, like I said, I don't think you had to see it if you didn't want to see it, but I saw it, but I probably have shipper goggles on. And so, you know, I, I just, it's a thing for me. Um, so I, I just, I could see them going in that direction, but you didn't see it at all. And so that, that to me was very interesting. Well, I saw her kind of batting away a very vague hint, nod to it, you know, like um, when she told him I'm here for Superman, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, she's mad at him. Yeah. He hurt her feelings. And they had like a little, Lovers quarrel. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. But he was being a, you know, a complete jerk, and she that wasn't was exactly when... nice to him. To be fair, no. Well, you know, <laughs> that was a that was an amusing scene. I really enjoyed that with Aquaman, and yeah, that whole triangle was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. 
Aquaman <laughs> sitting on the lasso of truth. Gosh, that was hilarious. And then Batman's I didn't like, see that coming. I was yeah, just sitting no. there in the theater like, what? the heck yeah exactly. out of character yeah and then batman's <laughs> like you're you're sitting it's like oh that's amazing <laughs> well yes of course it all oh, makes sense now yeah yeah <laughs> and and you know you know that everyone there knew that he was sitting on it except him and yeah. just getting painful. They're, they're just, just letting it go how, on and on. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's just see how far this goes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm going to be dead by then. I really don't care. As long as, you know, I die. <laughs> and you are gorgeous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got no power. All you can do is run. <laughs> it's just oh, Don't we all need a lasso of truth? Matt? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. Mm-mm. I would, would love one of those. Absolutely not. Awesome. Absolutely not. I don't the want it. I love Wonder Woman Mm-mm. so much. No lasso of truth. Please, no lasso of truth. <laughs> Diana Truth Queen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, um, that was fun. And then how did you feel about Steppenwolf? in general, like other than the CGI as a villain. I felt like he was sort of your typical one dimensional. I want to rule the universe villain. You know, I I didn't get a whole lot from him. Um, In some ways I feel a little bit like Thanos from the Marvel universe. Like I just know that this is a big bad that wants to, everybody wants to rule the world and he's, you know, at this point, the biggest bad of them all. So, I mean, I, I wasn't at all emotionally invested in him or anything like that. So, I just let yeah. you deal with that. <laughs> but he's one of the new gods, and I'm just not. I wasn't very invested in him either. Um, I guess they had to pull someone like him out to be a. Adversary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I love the voice actor. I don't know I, how else he say his name. Syrian, Syrian Hines. Um, I saw that and I was so glad that you had to say that instead of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no yeah, idea. I don't really know. I just know that he's been in Game of Thrones and in uh, There Will Be Blood and Harry Potter, which mm. I think you'll appreciate. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, he's, he's been around for a while and I think he did a really good job, um, voice acting that role. Um, but I'm just not very invested in Steppenwolf as in general. So, Mm. and then the CGI was kind of disappointing for me and it did kind of take me out. Like Steppenwolf is supposed to be, I think in, uh, six foot tall. Mm -hmm. And what was he like? 15? 20 feet tall in the movie. <laughs> they just made him larger than, I don't know. Again, the purest thing. It was, it was distracting. But they had to make him larger than life. Yeah. To make him a well, have a series. I mean, to, to be fair, they have to make this a, a difficult villain to, to beat. Because they've established that Wonder Woman is pretty badass so 
if you're going to make it so that she can't defeat a threat, then the threat needs to be substantial. And so, yeah. That's just and it had to be Superman. Well, actually, nobody defeated him. They just kind of banished him back to where he came from. Through. So, yeah. Did they do that? Yeah, he just kind of went back. Huh. I mean, they didn't kill him. There was no death of Steppenwolf. No, his, his minions, like, surrounded him and ate him up because he was scared, remember? Yeah, but we don't see that he died. Okay, so you interpreted that as, as going back to where he came from. I interpreted that as dying. <laughs> I thought he was dead. No, I think we'll probably see him again. Well, I was glad. I was actually glad that that's how he went out, that his own minions turned on him. I was glad that that's how he went out. Personally. Yeah, that was. I didn't see that coming. At all. So. But again, I walked into that movie pretty clean. Like I didn't. I didn't have any sort of preconceived notions about what I was going to see. So. Yeah. We are running up on our hour at this point. Do we want to, do we have anything else we need to say? Well, um, I guess we should wrap it up. And thank you everybody for listening to our very first episode one. Justice League review. Hope you enjoyed it. Love would love to hear your feedback. Um, what you enjoyed, what you'd like to see added. Um, hope to have you listen to our next. We don't know what are we going to do next. We're going to have to get together and think about that. Um, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> well, it is coming out. Is. I it guess is we're gonna, out. our next podcast will probably be in a month then. I so. don't know. I mean, do we want... It's something we can talk about. But, yeah, um, yeah the next step is um, coming up with another topic. But I think that I will always talk about Star Wars, uh, given half the opportunity. But um, I do appreciate everyone for tuning in. And um, hopefully we will have this up very soon for you to listen to. Um, as, um, Melissa said, we, uh, would love to hear some feedback. Um, we really love positive feedback. <laughs> um, we did run across, Preferably. A few, yeah, we did run across a few technical issues, but we will hopefully be able to get those sorted out, um, for our next podcast. And, um, if you'd like to email us, our email address is saywhenpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Palmetto Blue. Where can people find you, Melissa? I would be at Paxi Babe on Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook and pretty much everywhere. <laughs> All the social medias. Okay. You can and find me what's at our, what's our, what is our Facebook our Facebook page is facebook.com at say when podcast. Great. So I guess that's backslash say when podcast. Just type in say when podcast and look for the blue and pink logo. Logo. Yes. So. 
All right. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.